Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. something different today. Is that all right? I like different. I like different. And also I like the same. Uh, but then we're going to do something different today. Not that I've run out of messages or studies, but what I did do, quite frankly, if I may be transparent, I worked and worked and worked on uh, a little bit at least for a, a study. I had about seven or eight pages it was going to last at least an hour and a half or two, many no, but uh, that I'd put together. And, and I got up this morning, and I'd been studying something else as well. Reading, in fact, quite frankly, I read a, a book recently that uh, stirred up my interest. Uh, it's a book called World Changer. World Changer. You ever heard of that book, World Changer? It's a... Uh, I'm not familiar with the woman. Her name is Vaughn. Anyway, her son uh, is his his life story. He was one of the several. I don't remember the number now, but there were several some years ago that were killed in a Black Hawk helicopter that was shot down in Afghanistan. And he was one of those that were. He was a he was a sea, a Navy SEAL. Anyway, it's, his life story is quite interesting. Quite interesting. I know I'm hard-headed and hard-hearted, but I, honestly, I'm confessing, I was crying before I got through that book. Or some tears were. I was having trouble with tears because it was such a, to me, such a touching. Anyway, I have read, and you have, as I'm sure some of you, if not most all of you, have read books or stories about the Navy SEALs, the Navy SEALs. This study is not about the Navy SEALs, but in a sense it is. But anyway, uh, it's, it's a, to me, a captivating study to really study about what they go through. The weeks and weeks of, whew, I couldn't last the first day. Uh, but anyway, what all they have to go through, and again, I have, you have probably seen uh, movies or something uh, documentaries or something about the seals, what they all, what all they have to go through to, to earn uh, their, I guess we'll say their, their degree. They are issued when it's all over. They are issued what is a, a whatever you call it, medal. It's more than that, I guess. But anyway, it's called a trident. Trident. Have you ever studied? Have any of you ever studied it with the seals? What they go through. Well, goodness, glory, hallelujah. But anyway, it's not a study. This is not a study about the seals, but this this is a study about the, the, the uh, medal that they give, that they earn, called the trident, trident. It is, again, quite a quite an interesting. Tell you what I'm going to do differently, if you'll, if you'll share with me. If you all will come, brother, some of you ushers coming. Pass out these. I'm going to give you my message so you can read it with me. No, but anyway, just don't get ahead of me too much. 
I used to do this in, before, but I haven't done this in a long time. Another, to me, an interesting thing about this, this uh, medal, the uh, tr trident that is given to these seals once they succeed in passing the uh, tests. And may I also say and emphasize the vast majority, and I wish I had the statistics. I read it sometime, but I don't remember what it is. But maybe some of you do. But the vast majority of those who uh, sign up to become a SEAL. One of these, who, uh, Amy, who is it that wants to be a SEAL? Zach. Who? Zach. Zach? Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, again, I wish I remembered the percentage, but it's almost unreal, the percentage that don't make it. They don't make it. And uh, I want to say like it's like 9 out of 10. You know, it's a whole bunch that don't succeed. They don't succeed. And all they have to do, if again, if my memory's, I'm forgetting some things or having difficulty remembering what I have read about the, the procedure. But anyway, there's a certain thing they do. They ring a bell or something like that that signifies I'm finished. I can't do it, but it's quite a, quite an honor, and quite something to brag about. I guess we could say if you want to be braggadocia, and I'm sure once they get through, they're not bragging, but it is something to be so proud of, to have that trident uh, placed on your lapel. Uh, and another thing about the trident or about the uh, camaraderie. Uh, and you've probably, I know I have seen it, and probably some of you have seen it in, uh, again, documentaries or movies when one of, their, one of their own has fallen, been killed in action, and they attend their funeral. And you know the, the uh, funeral processions of uh, anybody that's in the service. But these men who are their com uh, comrades in arms, they take their trident off put it on that uh, casket and with her fist bound, uh, bind it or drill it into the casket. Again, it's, it's showing the camaraderie, the uh, union, the fellowship. And there's such a tremendous, I could go on and on, but I don't want to get in my study here, but there's such a, uh, such a uh, comparison here, if you will, to the child of God, to us. There's something that binds us together. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the spirit of Jesus Christ. We are different. We are different. There is a, there is a union that you and I have that's stronger than our own family, biological family, if you will, that binds us together, we are different. We are different. We bear the same name and the same spirit, possess the same spirit. And it just, there's something wonderful. Our name is put together, if you will, in God's book. But uh, anyway, if you get a chance, uh, 
find you a book. If you get a chance, order this book, uh, World Changer. Her, her name, the, his mother's name was Vaughn. Some, I don't remember her first name. But she has traveled far and wide uh, making uh, speeches. She has been on different uh, television programs uh, speaking about, uh, about the seals and about her life and her son's life and so on and forth. But anyway, the trident is awarded to those who have completed the necessary qualifications to become an official seal. To be a child of God is no raise your hand, say amen procedure. To be born into the family of God is no think I signed the church role. I'll accept Christ as my Savior. It's more than that. It's a commitment. And it's a commitment that we don't look back on. We don't look back on. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but to, let me just say this right here. Down at the bottom of that first page, uh, under Navy regulations, a SEAL's trident can be taken if a commander loses faith and confidence in the service member's ability to exercise sound judgment, reliability, and personal conduct. And this is something I was not aware of until I read this. The Navy has removed 154 tridents since 2011. In nine years, they have saw that uh, whoever was wearing it was not qualified to be wearing it. 154 uh, since 2011. My, my. So again, this old idea that Mr. Uh, Smith, John Smith promulgated and began to teach in 1611 that says once saved, always saved, once in grace, always in grace. There's, there's, there's not one scripture in here that substantiates that, but there's a whole bunch that just knocks it to splithering, smithereens or whatever. But anyway, no, it, it, it's, it's a continual walk. It's a continual commitment. You don't, you know, again, we've seen and you've seen uh, those that pray through almost every revival. They come and get all excited and stirred up and come to the altar and pray through and speak in tongues and next week you don't see them. I've seen that happen more than, more than I wish I had seen it. Amen. Amen. The, the, the race is not for who's the swiftest. It's for those who endure. In fact, Jesus, while he was not necessarily speaking about what I'm talking about here, but in Matthew 24, he said, He that endureth to the end the same shall be saved. He's probably talking about tribulation, but anyway, it's applicable to our, our lifestyle. I made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. I'll leave this world and his pleasures behind. I'll serve the Lord. Amen. The name SEAL stands for sea, land, and air. And if you, if you I know you probably can't, make out very well and that that's a trident there that that picture I even got it in color isn't that nice Ooh, am I good or not but anyway even have it in color but anyway you'll notice the uh, if you look at it closely and I hope you can if you can't you can borrow my glasses but uh, 
probably still can very well. There are four symbols. There are four symbols that make up the insignia. A golden eagle, and then a flintlock style pistol. You'll notice that the eagle has that pistol in, in, the, in the left claw. Uh, uh, the, a, a U.S. Navy anchor, which you see it there as well. And then in the right hand or claw of the eagle is the trident, the trident. And uh, we look at those symbols individually. The eagle is used to signify the seal's capabilities of being able to move swiftly through the air. An example would be, and they give an example of the FA-18C Hornet, a Navy SEAL airplane that is capable of identifying its target in both night and day. Somebody open your Bible to me. Let, let's, 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 let's share, okay? 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. Somebody read that for me. If you want to show it, you can. But uh, I'd like, like for somebody to read it because I think this is so, so applicable. I, you see, the devil would like to blind us. The devil would like to pull a shade over our eyes. The, light, the devil would like, to, like for us to see things that are bad as if they are good. The devil would like to tell us that uh, some of these houses of ill repute be good to visit or some of these casinos and gambling dens would be good to, uh, to visit. And it used to. They don't do it anymore, finally, at last, but used to when they showed advertisements of tobacco is always some beautiful woman smoking a lucky strike or something or a man smoking a cigarette or something i don't remember ever seeing a, somebody with a coat of tobacco this is tasting real good i don't remember seeing like anything like that but they always portrayed it as healthy people having a wonderful time but they would never of course show you the the uh lungs that have been destroyed and whatever but anyway anyway first peter chapter 5 who's got that first peter chapter 5 verse 1 8 verse 8 chapter first peter but 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 oh my goodness verse 8 first chapter 5 verse 8 do what what's that mean to be sober be alert be 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 be, be. Have, have both eyes open. Well, at least one of them today. Have a good. <laughs> Forgive me for picking on you. I'm just glad you're here. Amen. Okay, be sober. Be vigilant. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Woo. Amen. That, that word vigilant, I didn't look it up, but I got a pretty good idea of what it means. Be vigilant, have both eyes open, for the wiles of the devil are, are readily being, we are being exposed to them. And this airplane, I don't understand that, identifying its target in both night and day. The devil doesn't go to sleep when we do. It is, it is also both agile and versatile in the air, these, these, regardless of the terrain. Regardless of the atmosphere, regardless of what's going on, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Through your walking through the valley, be, be, be alert. Be alert. Amen. 
These uh, characteristics share great similarities to an eagle. Uh, of course, you know, again, the uh, reference to the eagle. The pistol here signifies the, the uh, seal's ability on land. The seals with their vessels and weapons have never failed to impress the world with their high technological machinery that uses the most powerful weapon system ever made. The anchor, the anchor symbolizes the Navy itself. They regard themselves as the face of world peace, the protector of the world, and also to remind themselves that their origin is with the success and accomplishments of both the, the naval combat uh, demolition and underwater demolition teams. Uh, the trident, now let me, let me back up here. Uh, it identifies with the successes and accomplishments of both the naval combat demolition, those above ground, if you will, or, uh, on, uh, uh, in that kind of combat situation, and underwater demolition teams. Uh, another, I guess I wish I could remember, here I am admitting you, I'm bringing a study here that I haven't thoroughly studied and put my notes together, but I wish I could pick out some of my books where I have read these things and shared with you. But anyway, uh, one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult uh, process is the underwater of the seals in which there are times when they've got to stay underwater a long, long time. And again, I'd be gurgling a long time before they got through. Uh, but anyway, uh, I remember this is above ground. This is uh, out of the water and in the water. The devil's going to try you in every situation, every kind of circumstance. He knows your weakness, and he's going to hit you with both feet and both hands and butt you with his head and stick you with his thorn, his, his whatever, his horns. But anyway, in trying to bring you down. But God is greater in you than all the devil can muster up. You're a child of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You, you're bearing the name of Jesus, and you have the greatest weapon that has ever been invented. <laughs> Maybe this, well, anyway, I'll put it that way, the Word of God. I remember, you remember, the story of David. Remember he, when he was running from Saul, he went to the, finally wound up when Saul gave up a little bit, he finally went up to, to the Philistines of all places and began to live with them. And one, the Philistines, I don't know if it was Gath who it was, but Philistine, one of the leaders, gave him a city. Remember the city was named Ziklag? Remember that? Ziklag? Well, David was gone one time with, uh, going to go with the Philistines, have a fight against the, the people of Israel, which uh, he really didn't want to do that. But anyway, he didn't. He didn't, but anyway, they, he was gone for a while. You know the story. Let me just remind us, re review, if you will. They went back to the city of Ziklag, and it had been, it had been uh, captured or destroyed to some degree, taken all the people, uh, David's wives and the wives of his men and, and their possessions, taken them captive. And David, of course, that was the, that was the place where the Bible the men were so mad at David. They were talking about killing him. And the Bible says David 
encouraged himself in the Lord. Even when you don't feel, you feel like you're all alone, you're not. Amen. Well, even if you feel like your best buddies left you, God hasn't. God hasn't. But anyway, he rallied the men and they took off after this, these, these, these whatever they were, don't even remember now, Moabites, Amalekites, somebody, some kind of kites, ites. Anyway, they, they come to a, a, a brook and there's 200 of his men. I think there were 600 altogether. 200 of his men said, David, I can't go, we can't go any farther. We're just plumb wore out. We're tired. And so David said, well, you stay here with the stuff and we'll, the rest of us will go do it. Anyway, to make a, a long story longer, uh, they went on and finally found the camp of the people. They killed a bunch of them. A bunch of them got away on, on, on camels, but he, they got all their women back, all their possessions back, and they came back to that brook where they left 200 men, and they said, uh, they, those men that were with David, uh, David said, let's, let's separate, let's, let's dole out and, pro, and divide the loot and give them their share. And some of the men, those honorary fellows said, no, we're not. They didn't go fight with us. They stayed here. But David said, that's not the way it works, fellas. Those that stayed with the group, those that stayed with the, uh, with the possessions we left behind and protected them get the same as those that went to fight the battle. So those that's fighting on land and those, gets the same as those that's fighting under the water, if you will. Amen. I, it, does that make sense? I thought it did. That's the reason I said it. But regardless... You know, we, we think of our missionaries in foreign countries that are that are sacrificing their lives. Brother Brother Gill is in a, a missionary, a big gathering that uh, Brother Thornton has, I guess, every year. And uh, one of one of the missionaries that is there is from a part of the country where it's very dangerous for a missionary to be. And uh, uh, I don't need to tell you who he is, but anyway. Anyway, uh, before he goes back, before he goes back, he he'll, he'll, he will look kind of like Brother uh, back there with a beard and maybe Brother over there with a beard, but he does that to make himself, you know, fit in with that, with that country, those people. Well, and let me say, those who support the missionary in Medora, Indiana, is going to get the same recognition one of these days when we stand before the throne as that missionary who has dedicated life, his life, jeopardized his life, amen. There are no Ill, big, Ill, big, big, big ones and little ones. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So whether we're fighting under the water and gurgling, if you will, or fighting above ground and conquering the enemy, the blessings of the Lord are the same, amen. Now, I, I maybe need to clarify a minute because I know when I say they're the same, they're the same in the sense we have eternal life. They're the same in the sense we're still in the same body. But I know good and well I don't deserve what the Apostle Paul is going to get. And Jesus even said to the 12 apostles, you're going to sit on 12 thrones judging and ruling the 12 tribes of Israel. None of us will do that. So there will be differences made. If there's differences made, in well, you, you know how that girl plays the piano? My goodness. You ever read what she writes? My goodness. I wish I had that kind of brain set. 
And I wish my fingers worked that way. I remember sitting down one time. We passed a little church in Shookville, Illinois. Shookville. We got shook up. But I remember sitting down and trying to, you know, I could read the notes, but it sure didn't make the same sound as Sister Walls made when she played the same notes. And, and of course, my singing's the same thing. Don't nobody... My, my, my problem is I know how to clap your hands when you're singing and y'all don't. <laughs> my, my wife told me I, I'm offbeat. No, y'all are offbeat. <laughs> but anyway, oh Lord help me. But anyway, the, the, the trident here, that, that this fork looking thing here that the, the eagle is Resting on here as well as got in got in, in his in his right claw, the trident in all Greek mythical stories is the scepter scepter of Poseidon, the god of sea of the sea. Unlike all the other natural elements, the sea is by far the most dangerous element to combat in. The sea, the sea, and again, I wish I could tell you exactly. But I, I didn't come to talk about the process they go through. It's more applicable to the church and our, our warfare. But in the most dangerous element. You know, the Bible says it speaks about the sea, doesn't it? it casting up dirt and mire. It speaks about the turbul turbulence of the waters of the sea. Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1. Would you, one of you girls put that up there, please? I was going to have somebody to read it, but <clears throat> in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1, somebody read that for me. It's not up there? Sure, it's up there. John said, I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. He's got seven heads, heads and ten horns. Uh, and upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. It's, it's interesting and important to notice that John, in speaking about the, the, the rising up of this evil power and person in the time of the end, the tri tribulation period, comes out of, he compares it to coming out of the sea. John, of course, saw it, uh, if he saw it like uh, physically, he saw it coming out of the Mediterranean Sea, of course, where he was, the Isle of Patmos was located. But the sea is symbolic of men. It's a, a people, uh, restless, disturbing, evil people. And this one, uh, so again, the, the uh, comparison here to the warfare of the seals underwater, underwater. I guarantee you there's not a one of us. I don't care how good you can swim, and I can't swim a lick. Well, maybe one or two licks. But, but I, I know I don't, even have to, I don't even have to wonder. There's not a one of us that could keep up with a seal either swimming or being under the water and doing these, these tremendous chores. Amen. So the Navy SEALs pride themselves with their powerful machinery with their trained soldiers being able to, 
to fight best in the hardest elements of all. So we could say, bring it on, devil. I got my, my power is greater than yours. Amen. Amen. David said to the giant, when the giant laughed at him and said, if you come here, I'll just tear you from limb to limb and feed you to the fowls and the beasts of the earth. And David said, oh, you come to me with your sword, your shield, your spear, but I got a power that you don't know about. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. You're a child of God. Face the world with confidence. God's, God's going to be with you. Regardless of what the devil slings at you or brings, or confronts you with, you have the authority to conquer and to, to win the battles of life. Amen. So the Navy SEAL trident is the reflection. I like this. The Navy SEAL's trident is, is the reflection and an extension of oneself to those who wear it. Honor, courage, discipline. Now, we don't go around, we don't give away badges when somebody get, receives the Holy Ghost or are baptized in Jesus' name. We might give them a certificate, but you can't very well pin it on your lapel or the front of your dress. But you are given, you are given a, a, a feeling, a power, an authority, a confidence that you are, you are greater than the enemy. Let's, let's break these down a little bit on the next page. Uh, look at the eagle. The eagle was chosen to be the emblem of our country. Did you know Ben, I thought Ben Franklin was a smart man. But you know he suggested that the turkey be our emblem. Now, Uncle Ben, I appreciate you playing with that kite. I appreciate you saying a penny earned is a penny saved is a penny earned. I appreciate all that. I, and what kind of what kind of almanac? Poor man's some kind of um. But anyway, but Ben, you sure missed the mark. I don't, I don't want any gobble 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 running around on the ground saying that's my emblem. No, I want something that can soar higher than any other fowl. I want something that can see farther than any other fowl. I want something that. Woo, Anyway, the eagle was chosen. There was a reason for uh, the reason this was done, because the eagle stands out above and above all, out and above all other birds. And I mentioned Brother Ben or Mister Ben. Obviously, his suggestion of being the, of the turkey being our emblem would not properly depict the spirit and the life of America. The eagle can fly higher. The eagle can see farther, and how applicable this is of a child of God. Amen. And when we see those, and we're not being too critical, just making, making the facts. When we see those that don't see what we see, and we could say, if I showed it to you in this, would you believe it? I grant you some would say, I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it. I wasn't taught that way. But anyway... Thank God that God has given us eyes to see what others don't see. God's given us an understanding to, to grasp, to comprehend something that others don't see. I don't, for the life of me, understand, quite frankly and thoroughly, how that those uh, that call themselves doctor, 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 or whatever, because they have a, an education that's been given to them because they went to a seminar 
and earned their Ph.D. or L.L.D. or D.R., but they can read Acts 2.38 just like I can read it, and they don't see baptism in Jesus' name. I don't understand that. They can read where it says, I and my Father are one, and I say that means Jesus is God, and God is in Jesus Christ, and they say, I don't see it. There's three of them. There's three of them. But anyway, thank God for eyes. Thank God for understanding. Thank God for what the Lord has given to us. Let's look at this flintlock-style pistol. Now, you fellows that have a gun, some of you probably got one with you right now. But anyway, those of you that, that, that mess with weaponry, guns, uh, you, you can... Uh, anybody? In, uh, Brother David, do you have a flint rock? A flint, flint lock style? Well, that's missing from your arsenal. All right. But the, this, this is one of those that's way back under Daniel Boone's day. But anyway, uh, we would, while we would never want to send our young men and women off with, uh, to war with those kind of weapons today, of course, but it reminds us that the weapons of warfare we have to conquer in our battles of life are the same weapons that were given to the apostles in 30 A.D. Amen. It's old, but it's new. As I said the other day, it's still there. Acts 2.30, it's still there, still there, amen. What we have is the same the apostles have, amen. It's old, but it's new. You know, somebody said the Bible, the word of God is as new as tomorrow's newspaper. But anyway, in 2 Corinthians, somebody got this? You can put this, you got that back there, honey. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, Paul said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're what? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What kind of weapons you people, people got? I don't see any. Well, I better to ask for a show, but anyway. Um, but our weapons are not carnal. While we may, some of, some of you may have a physical weapon, but your most powerful weapon is what's in your heart. It's what's in your soul, your spirit, your spiritual weapon. Greater is he that is in you, again, as John said in 1 John 4, 4, than he that's in the world. And we look at the, the anchor, the U.S. Navy anchor, turning to book, the Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter 6 and verse 19. The writer of Hebrews clearly describes for us the anchor that you and I have as a child of God. And he said it's our hope, our hope. The, uh, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul that's both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil, within the veil. Now, anchors can fail, of course. The chain to which they are attached to could uh, be broken somehow. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm just supposing here. But my point is the anchor that you and I have is secure. It reaches beyond and within the veil. Uh, so we, we are secure, regardless of the storms of life that you may be called upon to endure. If your anchor is in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, I'm all right. We're going to be safe and secure. And then last but not least, the trident. The word trident, we're told, comes from the French word trident, which in turn comes from the Latin word tridens, 
or tridentus. Uh, it, tri meaning three, and dentus, if that's the way you pronounce it, meaning teeth, referring specifically to the three prongs or teeth of the weapon. And I, I just automatically thought it's not three in a trinity, but it's concerning salvation, repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the three greatest possessions, Paul put it that way in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, what he said, now there abideth hope, uh, faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is charity. So the study of what one must do in order to become a Navy SEAL is one of the most interesting studies you could read of stamina, of determination, of endurance, of sacrifice in order to qualify to become the greatest fighting machine that one could ever become. Now, I mentioned while uh, to begin with that the vast majority of those that sign up to become a Navy SEAL never make it, never make it. To accomplish what is required to be granted the Trident SEAL is the most difficult test that one must go through to have this unique symbol pinned to their to their chest. God help me. God help me. I know again, as I said, I can't, I can't, I can't stand in the same, I can't compare to the Apostle Paul or Peter. I can't compare to even many, many of those precious brothers that I have known my lifetime. I couldn't. My carry their briefcase, but I don't qualify to stand in their position and condition. But I'm going to stand with them in that day of reckoning to attain the privilege and the honor for you, of you and I, for you and I, to be granted a crown of life. I'll tell you, fellow pilgrim, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth it all. Every effort, every tear, every heartache, every battle, every disappointment, every failure, every failure. How was it that Solomon said that, uh, how did he say it? A just man would fall seven times and get up. I know I'm not quoting it right, but fall. Sure, we. there's not a one of us. Uh, and if you would raise your hand and say you were, I'd say you're a liar. Is that plain enough? There's not a one of us that hasn't fallen, that hasn't tripped, that hasn't failed, that hasn't come short of perfection. Not a one. Not a one. So let's not toot our horn and say nobody's like me. Well, there probably isn't. But, I mean, we all come short. We all fail. We all, we all say things we shouldn't say. We all do things we shouldn't do. We all make mistakes in decisions we, we have made. Amen? But God's grace is good. We've got three scriptures to here in, in closing. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 and 8. Revelation 19, verses 7 and 8. This is, this is when, when, the, when the church has is, is been taken away. Amen. In fact, I think if you backed up to the first verses where it speaks about John hearing those voices that sound like thunder 
and they're saying, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. I think that's us. That's the redeemed with the Lord. But anyway, down in verse 7 and 8, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. That's us. And to her was granted she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Our trident is our fine linen. We're arrayed in fine linen. That's our trident, I guess we could say. And then in chapter 2 of Revelation, verse 10, John, uh, John is writing to the church of Smyrna, and he says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. These, this is the group where John sees souls under the altar, and their souls are crying, How long before how long before our death is, is, is justified, if you will, or uh, those that brought us to death is, is reckoned with. But anyway, the Lord tells them, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful in the death, and I will give thee a crown. That's our trident, or that's their trident, if you will. And then one more passage in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy, did I give that to you? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. These are the closing words of the Apostle Paul that he wrote to his son in the gospel, Timothy, when he says, for I am now ready. I want to be able to say that. Whatever it is, I am now ready, amen, to be offered the time of my departure is at hand. We're getting close, folks. Verse 7 says, How I have fought, God help me to be able to say that. I have fought a good fight. I have finished. And we're all going to finish, but I want to finish with the same same remark, the same statement faithfully. I finished my course, and then last but not least, I have kept, I have kept the faith. There's nothing more valuable, more important than keeping the faith. And this word kept, we could, we could as well say that it means you've guarded, you've kept it. So indelibly sealed in your mind and your heart, I have kept the faith. And then Paul said in verse 8, which is to us, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. At that day, and not to me only, but unto all those, all them also that love his appearing. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for Jesus. Somebody want to say something? We're going to close right here. And we only got two minutes, so don't everybody say something at the same time, but... Let's keep on keeping on. Let's run the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. And look forward to that glorious day when you're down in your mully grubs, down in your valley. If somehow you could find you a verse, if nothing, nothing else, but in your mind you've heard enough that, it, that victory is waiting for us. The race is going to be finished tomorrow. We're going to beat the Lord in the air tomorrow. And our journey is going to be over. And we're going to be rewarded. What a day. I'm looking forward to my trident.
Amen. I think we've had some battles underwater and in the land, in the wilderness, and on the concrete walks too, I guess, carpeted. Amen. God, stand with me, please. I'm going to hush. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Set your